0: Fascinating
1: playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys of me got a big Nassau going before
0: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love We love it. turn
2: on the I love Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Will Perry and... Well, where do we start? Rory roars back. It's
3: about time, right? At the
2: Deutsche Bank.
3: It's about time. He hasn't done much in a few months. We were just kind of teasing to that a little bit in our little Facebook live post before this. And I think everyone wants to see Rory, you know, playing at the top of his game. He's too talented not to, wouldn't you say?
2: Absolutely. And five shoots a 5-under-31 on the front to uh, get it going for uh, a 65 on Sunday, you know, Rory is still that kind of guy, very Tiger s, where he can go low on Sunday and can be so dangerous.
3: Isn't it amazing though? Kind of playing alongside of that, how a guy who hasn't putted well all year, all of a sudden on the weekend changes his his putting grip, and then boom, it's it's just night and day. And he, there's no doubting. I mean, he is one of the, if not the best ball striker in the world, and when. And it's also funny at the same time, too, how a guy who struggles to make birdies, who can also go as low as he goes, and that separation and that fine line between being able to do what he did last weekend and what he's not been able to do all year.
2: Yeah, he changed his putter from a Nike Method blade to a Scotty Cameron uh, for Titleist Newport M1 prototype at the Barclays. So, uh, also brought on a new putting coach, Phil Kenyon, who happens to be Henrik Stenson's guy. So, uh, how'd that work out?
3: Worked out pretty well, I guess. It's worked out for Henrik.
2: Yeah, sure has. So, a uh, little bit of a disappointment for Paul Casey. I was kind of rooting for Paul. Yeah,
3: I mean, he hasn't played well in a long time, but he has been playing well this year. He's 39 years
2: old, so uh, certainly a veteran out there. It's hard to believe he's only had one victory. I think it was in what 2009.
3: Yeah, he um, one of, was it one of the WGCs, right? It's, and he was at number three in the world. I mean, he was at the top of his game, and then and he got caught the injury bug. Yeah, I think something like he's won like ten or more times worldwide, but yeah, only one time here in the U.S.
2: Well, hit a big shot on 18, had a chance to uh, sink an eagle to tie, and then missed the putt coming back.
3: Hit a great shot though. I mean, he was probably what 30, 40 feet. You know, you're not going to make too many of those, obviously. But
2: Yeah, striped an, a big iron in there. It was It was pretty. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I listened to him prior to the round, and they were asking him about the weather and how um, he, you know, would, would felt about the incoming weather, inclement weather that was coming in. You would think being a guy from the U.K. that, you mm-hmm. know, he'd say, hey, whatever, we play in this stuff all the time. But then he said, well, there was a reason I moved to Arizona, which I <laughs> right. didn't even know he was in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's when I hear those little glimpses of doubt, I mean, you would never hear something like that coming out of Tiger Woods. Absolutely not. Speaking I mean, of which.
3: Speaking of which, the the red shirt is, is uh, announcing his return. Stole a little bit of the show from the BMW this morning. That was a little bit of a, an announcement. So I'm sure we'll get into that at a few different points today as well.
2: We will. Tiger Woods hopes to return at the Safeway Open next month, and he's planning to play three of the fall events, including his own hero, Invitational, over in the Bahamas. So uh, I think, of course, we know nobody moves the needle like Tiger. Even Rory said, you know, he just he misses that buzz that Tiger creates out I there. I think we
3: all do. I mean, golf went through everything that he's been through, and, you know, I kind of I kind of came up through that Tiger generation like a lot of these younger players on the PGA Tour. Um and we that's what got us all excited in the game. I mean, even for yourself, you know, we all love watching Tiger at his best. And it's like Michael Jordan at his best, Wayne Gretzky at his best. I mean, you love seeing that sort of talent just dominate. It it's and the reason is because none of us can relate to it. And that's why it's amazing to watch
2: yeah once in a you know once in a lifetime for sure but it's going to be interesting we've talked in the past about you know the, the process and several of the players including Jason Dave commented on you know it is it is going to be a process uh, i'm sure the expectations of course are going to be extremely high by everyone when he tees it up he's also going to go over and play a european tour event the the turkish open mm-hmm. uh which when- is
3: usually another limited field event
2: Yes, um, and, but you know, something, though, that I know no doubt where he played and teed it up in the world, there would be a throng of media, we know, following him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. We know there's, you know, there's the rust factor. There's the sharpening up, you know, the the short game and the putting and all those things that, that come together uh, to be, you know, tournament ready and tournament tough. So I think... The the game plan here is is an interesting one because the tournaments will basically be spread out about a month each as the season closes out. So he's going to get a chance to rest. You know, yeah, I'm sure he's not trying
3: to overdo it. I mean, I even saw one comment that he had made that he allowed himself to fully heal this time, which obviously, yeah, duh, conventional wisdom. But, you know, athletes have a tendency to always push themselves more um, quicker than they are ready to come back. So I'm sure that he was very strategic about that.
2: Yeah, he said he missed, of course, uh, competing. He says, I want to thank all the fans for their kindness and concern. I've been a pro about 20 years, and their support has never waned. It is hard to believe Tiger is uh, 40 years old now.
3: It is. It seems like 2008 at Torrey Pines was yesterday. I mean, it's literally... I was there. It's literally like the last memory that I really have of him. I mean, he... I don't I don't even remember by this point. I think it was two thousand thirteen when he won five times and he won the players championship and that just seems like a blip on the radar, but I mean it's been eight solid years since we've seen the real Tiger Woods or the Tiger Woods that we really all know and he was thirty two at that point.
2: All right, so the top five in the FedEx Cup standings control their destiny, Will. Right now, Patrick Lee, Reed leading <laughs> at the top of uh, the FedEx Cup points, followed by Jason Day, then DJ Dustin Johnson and Rory jumping from sixty-something to fourth with this big win. So that's why winning the tournaments is so important. And Adam Scott just quietly going about his He's kind business. Kind been steady
3: all year long. I mean, who do you? Th- I mean, do you have anyone there in those top five that you think is really Really going to kind of lead the charge here towards the end?
2: Well, we saw, we saw what happened last year with Jason Day. And we saw what happened the year, was it 2013, when Snedeker got hot, right? Mm-hmm. Billy Horschel. So this can sort of become Russian roulette towards the end of the season where sure. if you get hot, you know, just like when you start the playoffs in football, it's you know, it's a brand new it's all, new, exactly. brand it's new all board. about
3: it's all about the hot team coming into the, the MLB playoffs, the NFL playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the NBA. Jordan playoffs.
2: Jordan Speed sitting at number 6. The forgotten
3: man. The forgotten
2: man <laughs> and um a couple of newcomers in Russell Knox and Emiliano Grio. Your boy. You know, as my new boy yeah, yeah. sitting there at number eight, Paul Casey, of course, with his win at the PGA Championship, and ninth, I'm sorry, Jimmy Walker with his win at the PGA Championship, and Paul Casey rounding it out in the top ten slot. So, uh, as we know, the BMW Championship is probably the toughest of the of the Broken four uh, because only thirty head to Hotlanta, mm-hmm. and So, you know, Cricket Stick, a a great course that's seen some great championships. Who do you think uh, is – whose game do you think suits that course? I mean,
3: it's so hard to say because it's all about who's playing well at the right time and who wants it more. And, you know, to be honest, I think it's such a crapshoot right now. I mean, no – you know, Jason Day played well at the beginning of the year. Dustin Johnson went through his stretch. But if there's one thing that we know – um, especially over these last five, six years of of PGA tour playoffs and and it relates to, you know, the other major sports as well, and I know that we just touched on it. It's about the hot player coming in and you can't underestimate the ability of any of these guys just kind of going at it by sure will at this point and just purely mental fortitude and determination in order to kind of take charge of these last two events and to be honest, I mean, I'm not really sure who it's going to be because you've got Patrick Reed playing well. I mean, Rory just won this week. I think if you're going to pick any of anybody, it's going to be the two of them. Um, they seem
2: to be certainly heating up, if oh, yeah. you will.
3: Yeah, I mean, Patrick Reed's having one of the best seasons of his career, seven top tens, you know, a win uh, two weeks ago. Rory all of a sudden decided he knows how to putt again. <laughs> And we know that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, he's got that ability, like Tiger, to just go out and just run away.
2: Well, we're going to have a, a a special golf insider on tonight in our uh, third segment, Ben Everell from PGA Tour .com, who is uh, an Aussie and has covered the Australian Tour for years and knows Jason Day and Adam Scott's game very, very well. So we're maybe gonna he'll like maybe he'll like Adam Scott. We're gonna we're gonna see uh what he says about Adam's uh, chances and how he's seems to be seems to be peaking and trending in the right direction. Uh also we've got some news. We've got a great new contest we're rolling out tonight.
3: Save the best for last. Save the best we... for
2: last. Uh, of course, we've been teasing you for a month. All of our listeners talking about our uh, incredible event that we had, the Golf United for Pulse Charity Scramble, out at Grand Cypress on their new course. And uh, we're pleased to announce that they're going to be our featured course for the month. And you're going to get a chance to play the new course. Tell them how, Will.
3: So, uh, Golf Insiders fans, go ahead and check out the Facebook page at the Golf Insiders. Couple of rules there for you. Super, super simple. Go ahead and and like the Facebook page. Number one. Number two. Tag three of your buddies in the comments that you would love to play a round of four with. Um, and check in with the show next week where we'll announce the winner. And of course, more than anything, the number one rule: make sure you have a blast doing it.
2: Absolutely. And we had a blast out there uh, on Friday. The 26th when uh, we just had a perfect day of golf and the course is in absolute amazing condition. So a uh, big shout out to all our uh, golf people out at Grand Cypress. You're listening to the Golf Insiders ninety six nine. The Game. Stay with us. We've got lots of golf talk coming up. Stay with us.
0: An impact, actually, uh, when he sank uh, three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I
1: can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Got the
2: blues. I the blues. We're back, the Golf Insiders taking you home. Fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G along with Will Perry. How were those fairways of I-4? tonight. Uh, Will, a little bit it's so challenging. challenging. Yes,
3: it's so hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get on I-4. I mean, fi- you could be five miles away and it can take 40 minutes. I mean, you'd think you were in L.A. It's
2: the beauty of living in the country.
3: Yeah. Out there in
2: little old Mount Dora, I just kind of, you know.
3: Shoot across four, Was it, 414. 30 you know. miles an
2: hour down 441. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, stay, stay calm, cool, collected because we got all kinds of breaking news tonight. In the golf world. Announced earlier today, Tiger Woods plans to return to golf at the 2016 Safeway Open. And uh, one of our favorite magazines was all over this story, including one of our top insiders, Jeff Babineau. Hey, Babs, give us a scoop. Hey, Holly and Will. Well, I mean, the scoop is the
1: uh, the big cat is back, or Mm -hmm. he's back. And that's good for golf. You know, he, he moves the needle like no one else can. So, you know, creates an excitement out there. Um, He announced three tournaments he'd like to play in, the first being the Safeway Open next month out at Silverado. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. We've been kind of waiting and and wondering if he might kind of maybe do something, maybe even get ready at his own tournament in the Bahamas to get ready for a new calendar year. But he's going to jump right in and play the season opener. So that's good stuff.
2: Uh, I would think that, long-term, long-term, in a short-term world, he's, you know, thinking about the Masters next year uh, and planning his schedule out accordingly. But it, we were talking about in the first segment, it looks like he's planned this so he can play, you know, one tournament a month, it seems, going to the end of the year.
1: Yeah, he could do that and then get going again at Tory Pines, play a little on the West Coast and build some kind of rhythm for the Masters, right? That's, you know, in his mind, those are the big ones. That's what he's going to have an eye on. You know, can I get myself ready for Augusta? What do you and think the days away is
3: that? What do you think the expectation has to be from this point? I mean, compared to the Tiger of ten years ago, you know, it was win every tournament at the chance you can get. And we've kind of seen him come off that a little bit over the last couple of years. I mean, what do you? Th- where do you think his head is going to be at?
1: Well, I mean, it's to try and replicate that 10-year run is impossible. It's just he was so dominant, and he was there every week. I, I, that's the one thing. I was working here in Orlando when he showed up as a rookie in 96, and, and uh, the one thing I always appreciated about Tiger, he really was there to give everything he had that given week, and he was there to win. And, and realistically, that's not going to be the case now. He's going to lower his own expectations. He might – not say he is, but, but, you know, realistically he needs to. And, you know, for him, it's just kind of building his game back, building some confidence, and then, you know, trying to be healthy enough to make one more run out there. I, I think, you know, if he's healthy enough, we could see one more run out of him. And with all these young guys playing so well, I mean, how exciting would that be?
2: Uh, I think it would be amazing. And, you know, in perspective, it was 2013 when he had that run of five tournaments. It wasn't that long ago. I understand he's had two back surgeries since then. But, you know, that's not, you know, (laughs) 10 years ago. I mean, there's all these guys
3: winning in their 40s now.
1: Right. And, you know, it's not Yeah, 2013 winning five times wasn't exactly the abyss that we've seen other golfers dive into. And he won some big tournaments. He didn't win... He hasn't won a major since the 08 U.S. Open. But, uh, you know, it's 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 in there somewhere, and he knows it's in there. So it's a matter of being healthy enough to kind of summon what's in there and try and make another run. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's always interesting. You know that. And So there's going to be a lot of eyeballs out at Silverado that on an otherwise sleepy little tour week might not have been watching golf.
2: That That's for sure. Um, so Rory, bouncing back. Babs, after I think maybe most of us had said, ah, you know, it's been a disappointing year, and you know he's uh, going to call it call it a season.
1: Yeah, I mean his his turnaround was amazing. You know, he he made a big putt early on uh, just to stay four over uh, early on at Deutsche Bank, and, and you know, 15 footer for triple turned everything around for him. You know, he started getting some momentum. He started knocking down putts. I mean, I last I saw Rory, he was on the way to the parking lot at Baltaschral in the PGA, and he just looked like a lost kid. Uh, he was so lost with his putting. He he'd hit the ball so well and uh, just couldn't knock a putt down, and, and that'll really aid you in a hurry. So uh, for him to get things turned around that quickly, uh, I just think it's amazing. It's it's good news for Darren Clark and the you know, European Ryder Cup side. They have six rookies on that team, and need some leadership out of Rory, and you really want him playing well.
2: You think that's maybe been some, you know, inner inspiration for him, because we know he loves that Ryder Cup competition.
1: Yeah, he loves the Ryder Cup. He's he's gotten more of a comfort level the, the more he's played. Now he's playing at three, and, uh, you know, that, last memory he has of the Ryder Cup is being out there at Glen Eagles, just, you know, taking uh, Ricky Fowler to the woodshed. So, uh, he's got some, I think he steps into kind of a new role, you know, with all those rookies on that team. He keeps kind of asserting himself more as a leader on the European side. And, and he's going to be a guy that they really need to count on if they're going to stay on this hot run. You know, for them, it's six out of seven in, in the last three. So he's a big key.
2: Well, I think a, a a guy who clearly is on a hot streak now, who you know is a newcomer to the Ryder Cup but loves it more than anything is Patrick Reed. I mean, you know, he definitely is one that bleeds red, white, and blue, still carries his Ryder Cup, you know, uh, yardage cover to, you know, remind him of the Ryder Cup, and it's going to be just fun to see, especially what he does in the closing stretch here uh, in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be fun to watch. Uh, he he was a big uh – bright spot for the U.S. at Glenn Eagles, you know, how he plays. He's a fiery guy. We need some of that. You know, I mean, that's, that was the whole idea of creating a task force and getting this thing turned around was I, can we identify some good young Ryder Cup players, please, and, and bring them to the front because uh, it just hasn't worked with a lot of the veterans and there's a lot of scar tissue there. Now, these guys have been getting beaten up for a while, so I think it's important to have the young blood, the Patrick Reed's Jordan Spieth, who played well in Scotland. Uh, you need some of this young young uh, blood to come through for you, and, and maybe that means adding like a Justin Thomas or kind of going outside the box a little bit to get some guys in there that are going to be – I'm not saying the veterans aren't excited to play, but they just haven't had a lot of success in it. So uh, why not try something a little new?
2: Well, and I love – what I love about Patrick is there are not many guys that would go out there wearing Tiger Woods red on Sunday – and, uh, you know, he's, he's just that bulldog who pull, pulls it off.
1: No, and I, and I don't think he's, he's that close to Jordan Speeth. They've known each other a long time. But I think Spieth loves playing with a guy like that. I mean, that's, that's contagious. That's going to fire you up. And uh, those two play with a lot of emotion. So I think that's a natural pairing you're going to see again. You'd see Jordan Speeth and Reed for sure. And, and uh, yeah, we need that. We need that fire.
2: So we're, we're heading to uh, Cricket Stick, Indiana. Uh, tell us a little bit about that golf course, and who do you think it's going to favor game-wise?
1: Yeah, it's a good track. I mean, I, the players, you know, have a good appreciation for it. The BMW was there in 2012, and Rory won. You know, he was on a good hot run then. Uh, so these guys, some of these guys are getting back there, recognizing it. Some of the, the bigger names uh, that are in this FedEx Cup hunt played well there three years ago. So you have Rory in the top five. Dustin Johnson played pretty well there. Uh, I remember GMAC played pretty well there and then kind of uh, made a big exit on Sunday shooting 78. But but it's a, just a good test, solid test. And, and the key for these guys is playing well enough to move into that top five. Then you move to East Lake in the Tour Championship and you control your own destiny. So, so I think it's starting to look like the guy who wins in Atlanta is going to be your FedEx Cup champion.
2: Who do you see that might make the next leap? I mean, Rory went from, you know, what was it, 63rd to fourth?
1: Yeah, Rory moved into fourth, and, and I think pJ is going to play well this week. So it's going to be hard to bump one of these guys out of that top five. You know, Adam Scott right now is fifth, but the guy who's got to move in there is Spieth. You know, he's got a lot of confidence from winning at Eastlake last year, uh, but he's right now he's sixth, and he's got to move up. He's got to, He's got to leapfrog somebody, so that means having a good week this week. And so I think he's going to be really focused to uh, make sure he gets in that five. You you want to be able to control your own fate when you get to that last one, and and that's what he's uh, it's going to be on his mind this week.
3: We were kind of joking a little bit that he's kind of become the forgotten man a little bit this second half yeah. of the year.
1: Well, he really has. I mean, the bar was set so high. I mean, you know, Jason Day was joking today about his quote unquote down year, winning three times. Right. You know, here's speed at 23, winning twice, and you'd say, wow, and, and right there at the end of the major that he knows he should have landed, you know, you'd say, wow, that's another great year, but he just had such an incredible year uh, last year, and I think the, the further we get away from the season he had last year, the more we'll appreciate it. He was there at every major on Sunday uh, with a chance to win, and, and it's just an incredible run, so, you know, he knew it was going to be tough to kind of come anywhere close to that this year. and and I think he's had to deal with that a lot of the years, some of the frustration and, and the realities of kind of how hard it is to win out there.
2: So speaking of winning, who's your pick for Sunday?
1: I'll take some Dustin Johnson. You know, I like his power. He's always around the hunt. He played pretty well in Boston outside of a bad third round, and he can make a lot of birdies. So uh, DJ's going to maybe win and, and solidify his spot in that top five and give himself a good chance to win that $10 million bounty.
2: All right, Babs, as always, we love spending time with you. And check out all their coverage, GolfWeek.com, our best weekly in the business. Thanks so much, my friend. You got it, guys. Thanks. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up.
1: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us.
4: Well, that's... My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't
1: play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. It would be good
3: to just make fun.
2: We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. and Will Perry. And Will, our featured golf course of the month. Grand Grand Cypress. Grand
3: Cypress. You guys are going to love bombing those drives out there. I mean, you can hit it all over the map. Uh, On the new course.
2: We love that new course. Watch
3: out for those bunkers, though. They're sneaky. So we've got a chance for for you guys to win a foursome um, at the new course during the month of September. Go to our Facebook page. Like and comment on that post. And tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but next week, we'll announce the winner uh, for that foursome. So... Stay tuned in into that and check us out on Twitter as well at the Golf Insiders.
2: All right, and we're going to waste no more time. We're going to go to uh, someone we haven't had on the program in a while. He's a busy guy, and when you hear his accent, uh, you'll know why. Because he covers two really important guys out there on tour who happen to now be in the top five in the FedEx Cup standings. Both Jason Day and Adam Scott. Ben Everill, staff writer for the PGA Tour and longtime reporter for the Australian Associated Press on the line from Los Angeles. Hey, Ben.
0: Well, I'm actually over at Crooked Stick. That oh. is. I am on the line and ready to ru- ready to rumble. Oh, even uh, just finishing up the pro-am here. And, uh, the, you know, the boys, the 70 or 69 that will be playing, are ready to get this third leg going.
2: Oh, fantastic. What's the weather like out there, Ben?
0: It's beautiful, it's kind of warm as it is at this time of year, and there's a little bit of breeze around um but no issues we We do expect potentially some some rain in the next couple of days, but hopefully we can dodge it and, and get in a good a get good, good tournament here in
2: Indiana. well, let's zero in on your uh on your boys Jason day um kidding earlier that um you know he was already getting some uh ribbing about you know not not having the best of years, which I find so funny. Uh, we have amnesia after a couple of weeks if he isn't winning a tournament. But he's he's lost a little bit with his driver. Can w- can you fill us in? What's going on?
0: Yeah, look, he's basically in the midst of uh, the worst uh, driving uh, year of his career, just over 50% driving accuracy this season. Uh, that's by far the worst of his time ever on tour. And, you know, he's been struggling particularly since the U.S. Open where, he basically snapped or cracked the head off the driver he'd been using during that big run last year and hasn't just quite been able to dial it in since. Uh, Some weeks getting as little as 35% in driving accuracy. So he's just put in a new shaft today, guys, and he thinks that that might make the difference. He's going out tomorrow with with an updated shaft in his driver setup, so he's hoping to hit a few more fairways and, and make more birdies from that.
2: It's it's interesting, isn't it, when you consider, you know, they've got the tour vans out there and these guys, you know, just get any type of equipment they need. But when you break a favorite driver, it, you know, it's not easy to replace that baby.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're like children, aren't they? They're like your kids. And you get the confidence with them. You don't have to think. I mean, we all remember how well he was driving it uh, during that massive stretch of wind last year. Uh, even on the range this morning, Jordan Speed had a bit of fun. Uh, imitating what, what Jason Day was like during that PGA Championship last year and basically wound up, smashed the driver and immediately picked up a tee within one second saying that that's how confident Jason was every time he hit the driver. Uh, now this year it hasn't quite been that way um, and he's still contending obviously and won three times but uh, that's with 50% of fairways and 35% of barclays when he was just a shot or two shots out of the lead there. So you know maybe if he does just hit one, two, three or four more in the week he could be right up there again.
3: It just goes goes to really show how fickle confidence can really be, doesn't it? I mean, Rory wasn't putting well Thursday, Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, all of a sudden he's making everything. It could happen with Jason Day as well, just as well as maybe any other player out there.
0: Yeah, the mental game is certainly a big part of this, isn't it? And that's the same for all amateurs out there. Uh, When we're not feeling quite as confident, we start thinking about swing thoughts and more about where we shouldn't miss. And then we end up hitting it there, don't we? And I think it's the same right through the game. Uh, These guys just need to feel that comfort level, that that confidence in everything they do. And when they are just acting on impulse and do that, they play amazing golf that we get to see. And and when they second-guess themselves, that's when those mistakes start to creep in.
2: Ben, there was a little incident with a car accident uh, at the Deutsche Bank. Everyone okay, Uh, Ellie and the kids?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ellie was just pulling their their car out of where their uh, RV was, uh, nearby to the the course there at TPC Boston, and a lot of sort of buses and cars were flying through that intersection, or that area, and I guess weren't expecting a car to pull out uh, where she was. Now, she pulled out in a bus, uh, saw her too late, and basically clipped the back corner of the car, spinning it around. Um, The two kids were in the car, as was her friend and, and Nanny, so... Uh, They were lucky that no one was really harmed. Ellie had a little bit of whiplash, but uh, nothing to sort of uh, really write home about. And As I said, thankfully everyone was okay. And um, Jason sort of rushed off after his first round because he'd just been told that they'd been in an accident but didn't really know the extent of it. So you can imagine he was a little uh, frightened for a little while, but everything's okay, as I said.
2: Well, that's good to know. Uh, Adam Scott, of course, playing very well earlier in the year in the Florida Swing notching a couple of victories, cooled off a little bit, and now has uh, you know, crept his way into the top five as well. Tell us where uh, Adam's game is and how, how you think he's trending.
0: You know what? I think Adam Scott is a very good chance this week, guys. Uh, I watched that. He went out with his early pro-am group today. I had him at about five under on his own ball today, and I know it's a pro-am, and I know they don't really take it as serious and, and whatnot, but... He has been trending in the right direction. He helped us, he was close at the Barclays, had a great final round, matched Rory's final round at the Deutsche Bank to move up to fourth spot there. Uh, I think he's just getting things going at the right time, and between him and Rory, I think we might have a bit of a shootout uh, this week here in Indiana, so um, keep an eye on him. He, he's very keen to add the, the FedEx Cup to his list of career achievements. had a good chance a couple of years ago when he was in the top five at East Lake and and unfortunately for him, got really sick after a, a good first round or good, uh, first two rounds and barely got to the golf course in round three and, and wasn't able to sort of keep that going. So he's still burning a little bit from that. And I think he's quite confident that he's not really amongst all the big names in terms of who people are talking about to win this thing.
2: He's, he's sort of the quiet giant, you know, but definitely mm-hmm. you know um, that he wants to be in that mix. Let's talk about his putting because we know – He's one of the guys that's been affected by the anchor ban. And, you know, you talked about the Barclays, but he missed a short one on 18 on Sunday that, you know, just was a head scratcher. And I just wonder sometimes what, you know, creeps in there, and especially under pressure, you know, is there – is he confident? Where's, where's his putting at?
0: He is a bit like Roy in that sense. When When things are going his way – he puts great, and of course he, he plays well then because he hits it so well off the tee, and, and his long irons are, are by far the best in the game. Uh, his strokes gained approach on approach is at, at least a shot better than anyone else on tour, uh, which is quite significant. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That, that putter, it's, it's all in his head really. If he if he gets it going, he's okay, and when it's not though, so, it's diabolical. And and that miss you talked about on the 18th at Barclays was it was more than a head scratcher. It was. Um, it reminded me, actually, of a couple of the you at know, St Andrews when he was in the mix on Sunday coming down the stretch and had what can't have been more than a foot putt to, to clean up a par and missed that and ended up sort of tumbling out of the top 10 uh, as the guys made, went down the stretch there. just It's in his game. He needs to get rid of it if he can. Uh, but as I said, his confidence is at a good spot. If he keeps hitting them close enough, if he misses a few five-footers, that's okay when you've got 12 five-footers for birdie and you make six of them.
2: No, no doubt about it. So we we know certainly there's uh you know your Aussie bias is probably stacked here a little bit, but if you're gonna pick somebody out of your uh, two guys from the homeland, who else do you have your eyes on, especially this week at Crooked Stick?
0: Yeah, well if I can't go for for those two, as I said, I I really think Rory's trending well, and the only other two Aussies that are here uh, this week are Mark Leishman and and Aaron Badley. They're both well down the list in 67th and 70th. Um, I'd love to see those guys get the top three they need uh, to get to Eastlake, but um, not sure that that will happen, especially since Mark Leishman's battling a back injury. Um, you know, I just think, you know, trending in the right direction is Adam Scott. Obviously, Rory coming off a hot, hot performance, and he won here four years ago. He's got to be the prohibitive favourite. Uh, and another one to keep an eye on is Paul Casey. Obviously, uh, lost to Rory last week, but if we remember back to a couple of years ago when uh, Billy Horschel, fell just short at the uh, Deutsche Bank and then went win-win to win it all. So perhaps there's a little in there for Paul Casey as well.
2: Very well said. Ben Everill from PGATour.com. So great to have you on. We hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, Ben, so much for your time. No problem. Anytime. All righty. This is the Golf Insiders 96.9. More golf talk. Stay with us. golf insiders uh wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house holly g and will perry and um we're gonna waste no more time to check in with one of our favorites he was on vacation probably sipping a few umbrella drinks after a long stint at in rio at the olympics todd lewis from the golf channel on the line hey todd
4: hey guys no umbrella drinks as far as you know
2: well, hello, you there?
4: Yep, can you hear me?
2: Oh, Yep, hey, sorry.
4: Sorry. Right. So no umbrella breaks as far as you know.
2: As far <laughs> as I know, exactly. But uh, you you got some well-deserved time off, and are you up in uh, Indiana?
4: I am at the BMW Championship. Uh, it's last event before the Tour Championship. It's going to be on Golf Channel NBC, so it should be a good
2: weekend. Yeah, lots of buzz, of course. We've been talking about Tiger, and, of course, Rory's uh, big – uh, win at Deutsche Bank. Uh, first, just any new news on Tiger? Was he actually there, or how did they handle the press conference?
4: No, uh, he was. In, it wasn't a press conference. It was a press release uh, o- over his website and on Twitter, social media. Um, so he was not here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, actually I I heard last week. Um, that he may be ready to announce where he was going to play, and then it really started to pick up steam yesterday. So, kind of had a, my finger on the pulse it was going to happen today, and we just wanted to control, let him control the message, and then we were going to react in, in, in the way we did. I think if you're asking me what I think about it, I'm assuming you are. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll say that it's an interesting schedule that he is trying to fulfill to finish off 2016. First thing about this, three different events, three different months, three different countries. Um, So I think that is quite interesting. Um, And breaking down these events, the first event I think is going to be a circus. It's the first PGA Tour event of the new wraparound season of the 2016-2017 season. Tiger will be there. Phil will be there. You know, all the – attention and intensity will be focused on Tiger and his return and his expectations. I'm sure Tiger will have butterflies. I'm sure we will analyze everything. Absolutely. Uh, So I, you know, I don't know what to expect from him for that first event. If he makes the cut, in my opinion, I think that's a good week. Now I think the next two events are intriguing on his schedule. The Turkish Airlines Open, first, he won't have as much media attention there because it's in Turkey, and a lot of the national media here is not going to travel to Turkey. Um, secondly, that's a no-cut event. That, that's a four-round competitive event that Tiger will have an opportunity to fully assess where he is um, competitively and get some of the world's best because that is the first of the final three events in the European Tour's final series in the race to Dubai. So you're going to have... A good field, for example, Rory McIlroy played there last year, long-handed, since. Um, The other event is his own event, which makes sense. Small field, last year, 16 players in the field, but they were world-class players. So he'll play all four rounds there, so it's a no-cut event as well. So he'll get a good barometer by playing at least 10 rounds. If he makes the cut at the um, Safeway Open, it will be 12 rounds as to where he is as he moves into 2017. Now, I did talk to Mark Steinberg today, and let's, let's not completely get excited that Tiger's coming back. It, Steinberg did say these are the schedule uh, events he hopes to play. There are no guarantees that he will play these events because he still wants to make sure that his back is completely ready to go at a world-class level, and his game is at a world-class level to compete. But things are pointing in that direction that he will play those three events.
3: It sounds like he was very strategic kind of making sure that he was I mean you touched on it a little bit there the two you know no cut events it, you have to you have to think that you know he wanted he doesn't want to embarrass himself getting back you know into the swing of things right now
4: No and and I agree um and I think that's you know I mean the body is one thing um getting that right but I think he's smartly also making sure that his game is right um look he's not going to have He's not going to have the fastball that he had in 2000, 2001. Um, he's going to have to be a good game manager. It's interesting. I'm in Indianapolis. I'll make this parallel. Peyton Manning, when he came to Indianapolis to play for the Colts, I mean, he had a rocket of an arm. Um, and he was a great passer, and he led the Colts to a Super Bowl. But when he moved to Denver and he got up in age, closer to 40, the Tiger's 40, by the way,
3: yep.
4: he didn't have the the zip in his throw and he became a better game manager. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: The best um, thing he had, the best weapon he had was actually his mental edge and his knowledge of what is happening. I think Tiger is going to now transform his game into that genre that Peyton Manning did. In fact, he's going to be a smart player, smarter player. He's always been a smart player. I think he'll be a smarter player, a better game manager. I don't think he'll take as many risks now. Um, but I, I do think he can compete. I don't know if he's going to compete here in these first three events, but I think he can build some momentum for 2017.
2: I think I saw Johnny Miller's comment that he feels Tiger's got six or eight wins in him.
4: Yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and, and that's very, very possible as what Johnny calls his second career is about to happen. Uh, but, we're, we're, I, you know, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on that as far as us, giving him wins and, you know, I I've made that mistake several times in my golf channel career. And I can't tell you how many times I've chased Tiger Woods in the parking lot as he's pulled out because of back or neck or knee or whatever. Let's see where his body is first, then assess his game and then we can have a better understanding as to what he can do as far as racking up wins from this point forward.
2: Couldn't agree more. So um, we've just got about a minute left. Todd, is there someone um you know, a dark horse here, somebody out of the top ten you've got your eye on that might make the move like Rory did this past week?
4: No, I, I think Rory's the guy. I don't I don't look for dark horses here this week. I think Rory's coming here with the most intrigue. He won Monday at the Deutsche Bank Championship. He comes to Crooked Stick, he's the where where he won here in two thousand twelve, the last time the BMW championship was played, here at Crooked Stick. I think he's found his mojo with that putter again, and I, I think he's beginning to be, to become a force again. So I, I look for him to, to be the guy to beat here this week.
2: All right. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us, Todd Lewis, from the Golf Channel. As always, thanks for being on the Golf Insiders. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ben. So, Will, we've just got about 30 seconds left.
3: I like Todd's pick. You can't go wrong with with Rory. He's got the ability to blow away a field when he's on the top of his game.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to go with the bulldog, Patrick Reed. All right. And we'll Nothing see. like a couple
3: of front runners.
2: Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> we'll see how this plays out. And once again, tell our listeners where they can sign up for the Grand Cypress
3: facebook at the golf insiders go ahead and check us out on facebook and twitter sign up for that contest and we'll have the winner for you next week Alrighty.
2: golf insiders we'll be back next week we love you go play some golf bye-bye